Time to make a start tonight to our midweek service, and we're going to sing together 166, The Comforter Has Come. Oh, spread the tidings round, wherever man is found, wherever human hearts and human woes abound. Let every Christian tongue proclaim the joyful sound, The Comforter Has Come.
leads and we'll sing that final verse. Sing till the echoes fly. Sing till the so glad to see the young people, even though you're a few minutes late, for thinking about the mission in the town hall and thinking about uh, back in Nicholson's time. And some of us were just talking about some of the things that Nicholson would have said and he would have made comments. And sometimes people came to a meeting and they never came back again because they were so offended. One man came in late, he had a bald head. Mr. Nicholson said, it, didn't, it wasn't combing your hair kept you late. And then there was a, the boss's daughter came in very uh, flamboyantly dressed in a bright yellow outfit and she was late and he said to two old ladies sitting in the front seat, can you two old crows move up and let that canary sit down? But you know, people came, people came to hear who would say such a thing about the boss's daughter and when they came, they came under the influence of the word and the mighty power of God and you know, hundreds and hundreds of people were converted to Christ We'll maybe say something about that uh, later on <clears throat> in our prayer time. It's a, a delight when I see young people, young people, children at the prayer meeting. It just thrills my heart, and I know it's a great encouragement to, to all. Maybe it was keep coming your hair, Kev. You late, Chrissy. <laughs> Come on in. Let's pray together. Let's seek the Lord. Heavenly Father, we bow in your presence in the lovely and the precious name of Jesus Christ, the eternal and the only begotten Son of God. We thank you that we can come to a place like this and meet with those who are of like precious faith. We're saved tonight. We are bought by the blood. We are joined to Christ. Thank you for that day when the new birth took place in our own personal lives, when we were brought nigh to Christ by the inner working of the Spirit of God when we were by faith washed in the blood and our sins were cleansed away. We can say with the hymn writer, O happy day that fixed our choice on thee our Saviour and our God. And Lord, you drew us and we followed on, charmed to confess thy voice divine. We come here, Lord, to pray. We come to fellowship. We come to study your word. And we pray in all these things that take place your presence will be known, your voice will be heard, and that there will be that vital communion between heaven and earth, between the God of glory and the saints of God below. We pray for the workings of the Spirit, how it has blessed our souls already to, to sing 
these words. The comforter has come. <coughs> we know that when the Lord Jesus was, was talking to the disciples about leaving the world, about his ascension, he was going back to the Father. He would ascend to glory. He told them that he would not leave them comfortless, but he would send another. He would send one of the same kind, the blessed comforter. And then on the day of Pentecost, the comforter came in manifest power when the Holy Ghost was poured out. Holy Ghost had been in the world from the beginning of time. He will be in the world until the end of time. Something that cannot be taken away, but he was given in a very special way, more abundantly, more completely than ever before. And it is for the work of the Spirit that we long for in our day, even tonight in this prayer meeting, coming up to the mission every night as we gather for gospel preaching. We cry to thee for the work of the Spirit. Will you not come down? Will you not rend the heavens and come down and move in this town and move in our hearts and lives? Set the church on fire. Lord, if the church is set on fire, our work will be done. If God's people are ablaze in these days, our work will be done. We're confident about that. Lord, we know that in true revival, when the church is revived, it always has that, that offshoot of evangelism and sinners are converted to Christ. And we pray that it might be so. Remember those that mourn tonight. Remember Sister Anna Curry and the loss of her sister. We pray that you will comfort her. We're glad to know that Lila is in heaven. She's with the Lord. Praise thee for that bright testimony that was left behind. And in a time when, a, when sorrow has come and a family is grieving, Lord, we pray that thou wilt graciously draw near. May they know the Comforter coming beside them to cheer them and encourage them and strengthen them. Lord, hear our cry tonight in the precious and the worthy name of thy Son, we pray. Amen. We're through the announcements very quickly, but first of all, a warm word of welcome to you in the Saviour's great name, to all that have gathered. I remind you that the Youth Fellowship meets tomorrow night and because of what is happening in the other part of the church with the, the decorating of the church for the harvest, the youth will meet in this room. It's presbytery for our elders on Friday night. The harvest weekend begins on Saturday night at 7.30. Note the time. Very few meetings are at 7.30. It's either 7 or 8 o'clock usually in the evening for us. But at 7.30 at the harvest, Reverend Simon Anderson will preach and the Hebrew choir will sing. Supper will be served, and the ladies have been asked to uh, bring the eatables, half a loaf of sandwiches and one dozen buns. The decorating of the church will take place tomorrow evening. We had originally said Saturday morning as well. That's only if necessary. So Friday night, hopefully, the ladies are hoping that they'll get it all done. Those providing the flowers, fruit, vegetables, please bring them in tonight or tomorrow. Then the Lord's Day begins with the prayer meeting. We commend the prayer meeting to you. Let's rise to seek the Lord together. Sunday school, 10.30, Bible class at a quarter to 11, and then our harvest worship service at 12 noon. Dr. John Douglas is the preacher, and the Hebrew choir will be singing. I'll not be here. I'll be preaching, God willing, in the Larne Church at their harvest mission. So they've been having some special meetings. I was there last night, uh, tonight and tomorrow night. Dr. John Douglas is there. And then I'm back on Sunday morning uh, to preach at the mission. 
Then we come back here in the evening time down to the town hall. The meeting's not here uh, and the Hebron choir will be singing and I'll be preaching. That's a seven o'clock meeting preceded by the time of prayer at 6.30. Now, if you don't know what the town hall looks like, that's it there. Okay, I think everybody has seen the town hall. This is the front entrance. Those doors will be open for the majority of people to go through. For those who can come for the prayer time, and I trust there'll be many, there is a room that is called the MacArthur Room. Got a blue door, uh, the top of its glass. You'll see it there. It's a good-sized room for prayer. This is the side entrance of the town hall. You're probably aware of it. And there is a little room, or a little parking room here for anyone that's disabled or would require help. Come on, maybe can't climb the steps. There are steps up to the main room of the town hall. So if you go through uh, these doors, and if you want to park in that area, it'll bring you on through eventually to uh, the lifts. You can also come through the front door and make your way up the side to this lift area. So it's, it's just up to yourself. Sincere sympathy to Anna. Uh, we prayed for her in the opening prayer and to her family and the death of her sister, Lila. There was a Thanksgiving service today and that Thanksgiving service was both for her husband and for Lila. Her husband died over two years ago in those days of COVID, right at the beginning of COVID, in fact. And he had died of, the, of that dreadful disease. And it was in those days when you couldn't have many people at the funeral, 10 people. That's all that were permitted. And so they had a Thanksgiving service for both of them today. And both of them are reunited in glory for they love the Lord and serve the Lord. These are all the announcements, except for one that is on a sheet here. Some of you might be interested. Uh, the Reverend Wesley McDowell dropped these in to us today. And it is to do with a holiday next year. It's actually almost a year away in the month of September. And it is, uh, they're visiting Bible lands and it's a cruise. It's actually a five-star cruise. And they will be visiting Athens. They'll be going to Jerusalem. So Israel is going to be visited for two or three days. Uh, they'll be visiting Ephesus as well. I think back to Athens again. And it's for 10 days and they've held prices from last year. So the cruise company has done that for them. Uh, I was talking to the travel agent today. And uh, she said, really, if you're buying that now online, it'll be a thousand pound more. So it's a good price. You can look at it for yourself. And it may be, it may be that your pastor might be able to go on this. So if you want to, maybe that's a, that'll put you off. Uh, but if it maybe encourages you. Uh, we have some forms there at the door. We're going to sing a hymn just before we come to the word. Here in thy name we are gathered. Come and revive us, O Lord. There shall be showers of blessing thou hast declared in thy word. O graciously hear us, graciously hear us, we pray. And it is our prayer, really all the way through this, this kind of a hymn. Pour from thy windows upon us showers of blessing today. Let's sing it.
In the past, God has moved in marvelous ways in certain periods of history. And that has included the free church. We have known times of blessing, and I'll mention something of that a little bit later on. But before I preach, I want you to watch a video. Because in 1975, there was a mission came to Balamina, to the free church. And God moved in a marvelous way, and hundreds of people were converted to Christ. Some of you may have seen this video. It's been going around today, but I thought it's very appropriate as we come to the message that I want to preach to consider tonight. So we look to our technician to get it all sorted. I've got a coat one night at the cross. I've been wearing it ever since. And I'm going to wear it in heaven. And there's not a spot. And there's not a patch on it. It's the righteousness of Jesus. Come on, old ungodly sinner tonight. Come and strip off your rags and wash in the blood and put on the gun. Have you seen the Jesus for the cleansing power? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you fully trusted in his grace this hour? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Have you a man that can say, Yes, I'm washed in the blood? In the soul-cleansing blood of the Savior. Oh, you can be washed tonight. I know a fact where sins are washed away. I know a place where night is turned to day. Burdens are left. Man, what burdens you can lift. Blind eyes meant to see. There's a wonder working power. Where? In the blood of Calvary. Come on and test it tonight. Taste and see that the Lord is good. The 75 mission was an indication that God was moving in the free church at that time. That, that, that we weren't the only ones, but we were sharing in it, and we thank God for that, of course. I had seen missions and two, three, four, maybe six people saved at missions, but never anything like what happened at that time. Dr. Paisley felt uh, that the Lord was moving, moving him towards having a gospel mission in the town, and we had been praying about it here for many years, right from the commencement of the Free Church, and we felt this was the will of God. The, the 75 mission, as, as it's affectionately called now by most people, uh, was held in the town hall in the autumn of 1975. I remember mostly the prayer meetings, times of prayer. The people were crammed into the rooms and you couldn't get praying and there was such an intense prayer. And Dr Paisley prayed and... Dr. Paisley would have come in and he would have taken his collar off and his coat off and sometimes he took his shoes off and he walked up and down the aisles and he prayed and prayed and exhorted men to pray. Pray for your friends, pray for your families, pray for your loved ones. And men prayed and they prayed and it was just tremendous times of blessing. I know just the presence of God was so real. Never experienced anything like it. Thank God the fire! 
that the Lord starts the devil can put it on. Lord, we pray for revival. You've given us tokens. You've given us signs. You've given us our God. Sweet refreshing showers. Send the flood tonight, Lord. Oh, for the flood to the thirsty man. The, the catalyst for the blessing in that mission would lie in the three meetings uh, at the commencement of the mission. The first Sunday afternoon was a gospel meeting. And the Lord brought out in, in response to that meeting, I think around about 15 souls, and we were taken by surprise. We had prayed, uh, we had looked to the Lord, there was a certain expectancy amongst us, but when God did that, we were found unprepared for it. We hadn't the counselors prepared to speak to people. We had to open rooms, but God overruled our weakness in that. And uh, that, I think, indicated to us that the Lord was there. The body was packed. The aisles were packed. The balcony was packed, and people stood, and even on the stage at the front where Dr. Paisley preached, people were sitting there with chairs round behind him. People were around him everywhere. They were around him everywhere. The place was packed. People just wanted to get in there. And uh, from that night forward, right to the end of the campaign, I don't think there was a single night in which there were not people in the counselling rooms. There were many others converted, and uh, some of them still are with us in the work in Ballymena. Whenever Dr. Paisley preached, my remembrance of, of that was there was such a stillness in the meeting. Although there was hundreds of people there, you could have heard a pin drop. There was such a stillness. And Dr. Paisley, I'm sure he preached for about an hour. And there was a stillness and there was a calmness. And then at the end of it, Dr. Paisley, he would have come down from the stage stood at the front of the hall and exhorted people to come to Christ and would have walked up and down and asked people to come to Christ. And You know, people just weeping, sitting in their seats weeping and afraid to lift their heads up. And then all of a sudden, Dr. Paisley appealed to come forward and they were just risen up with tears in their eyes and come forward for counselling. That was tremendous. That was tremendous to have, to have been in that. Would you just slip up your hand so that I can see it? And then take it down again. And I'll remember you in the closing prayer. Just do it now. Wherever you are, don't be ashamed or afraid. That's right. Just slip it up now. Let me see. God bless you for your life. Take it down. Someone else. Someone else. God bless you. God bless you. There's someone else. God bless you for your life. Just take it down again. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. That's right. That's right. All over the building, just lift your hand now and say yes, please. Use my hand. I mean business with God. God bless you. Just take your hands down again. It was God. It wasn't our organ. You don't organize times of refreshing, times of blessing. You don't. You do what you have to do and what you should do and what the Lord wants you to do. Yes, but you don't organize it. It comes down from above, it comes from the Lord.
So let's turn to Acts chapter 2. Not a more appropriate passage perhaps for us to read and then pass on some comments tonight and from this chapter. I'm going to read together the opening 16 verses and then a few verses towards the end. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, (coughs) and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men, out of every nation under heaven. Now when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded, because that every man heard them speak in his own language. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? And how hear we every man in our own tongue wherein we were born? Parthians and Medes and Elamites and dwellers in Mesopotamia and in Judea and Cappadocia and Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia and Egypt and in the parts of Libya about Cyrene and strangers of Rome, Jews and proselytes, Cretes and Arabians, we do hear them speak in our own, in our own tongues the wonderful works of God. And they were all amazed and were in doubt, saying one to another, What meaneth this? Others mocking said, These men are full of new wine. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Judea, and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you, and hearken to my words. For these are not drunken as ye suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And then he goes on to speak about what Joel said and preaches the gospel. Go down to verse 37. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? And Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about three thousand souls. And they continued steadfastly, in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers, ending the reading at verse 42. Tonight I really just want to deal with a remarkable moving of the Holy Spirit. That's what we're looking for, isn't it? We want that to happen in Balamone. want it to happen tonight in this prayer time. want it to happen at the mission. That's a wee word of prayer. Heavenly Father, as we come to your word for a little time, a familiar passage of scripture with a great history, 
We pray that you'll make old truths new truths, that you'll write them afresh upon our minds and our hearts, and that we will be stirred inwardly as we think of what God did in the past. And we pray that it will give us an appetite for what the Lord is able to do in our day and generation. Pour out the Spirit of God into this prayer time. Lord, come upon every believer and give me the help that I need just to bring this message now. I ask in Jesus' precious name. Amen. I couldn't get away from this passage of Scripture in preparation for tonight's meeting. This is our last pre-mission prayer meeting by way of preparation for two weeks of gospel preaching. So this is an important time. I'm looking forward to the mission. I really am. And I am excited, but I'm a little nervous too. I think you understand that. It's a new venture. It's a large venue. It's an historic venue. Not least it's a place of gospel missions where missions have been held over the years. The main sanctuary of the town hall has been a place where Christ has been preached. The free offer of the gospel has been proclaimed. Sin has been preached against. The condemnation of sinners has been highlighted. The cross has been uplifted. Christ, as the only way to heaven, emphasized. Men have been called upon to forsake their sin and to flee to the only Savior of men so that they might have their sins forgiven, experience peace with God through the blood of the cross and obtain mercy and peace and everlasting life. The most famous mission as far as I know was the mission that was held in 1948 the Nicholson mission as we know it as and some of you were there I was talking to Sadie on the phone this week uh, just to get some of the details and she was just a little girl of seven Sadie was converted at that mission Elizabeth was converted at the mission Albert and Bertie were also converted at that mission. Four out of the one family. And Sadie remembers the night that she was saved. And going up to the front, Nicholson would have called men and women to step out for Christ and come forward, which they did. And then they had to queue up. There were so many of them to go up the side steps of the platform and into the inquiry room that was at the back. And that was repeated night after night. The Lord came down and many, many souls were converted to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now I wonder tonight, <clears throat> what are your expectations or your aspirations for this mission? As I think about it, I certainly want God to come down in the fullness of his power, to set his church on fire. I want to see a mighty move in the saving of souls. I want the Lord to visit this area to bring our loved ones and our friends to Christ and that through it all God will be glorified and Christ himself will have all the preeminence. We need a breath of the Holy Spirit of God sent down from on high. We need a gracious outpouring of the Spirit. Oh, that thou wouldest rend the heavens, that thou wouldest come down. That is what revival is. Revival is God coming down, God moving in an area, 
God moving in the hearts of his people. Pentecost was undoubtedly the greatest revival of all time. God certainly came down. He made himself known. There was a powerful demonstration of the Spirit. And we have known something of this here in Northern Ireland. Days of power. Days of heaven upon the earth. Days of the outpouring of the Spirit. Days of God's right hand. Of great conversions when heaven came down. The year of grace was such a time. 1859 when God moved in revival and all those tens of thousands of souls were converted to Christ. The Nicholson Mission that I've mentioned, but the Nicholson missions in the plural, because Nicholson preached throughout the, the various towns and cities of this country. And everywhere he went, revival fire spread, and hundreds and hundreds of people were converted to Christ. I can remember my teenage years growing up in the free church before I went to Bible college. I went to Bible college when I was still a teenager. But I remember those years in Portadown. Nearly every Sunday, souls were coming to know Christ as Savior. Great missions that were held. Dozens of people converted to Christ. I think of the, the Cabra mission that some of you remember in 1951. Out there in the old schoolhouse, when 100 people were converted to Christ. We think of the 75 mission that you've seen on the video in Balamina, when again hundreds of people were converted. We talk about the 76 mission when the Reverend Kenneth Elliott came to preach in this church and 53 people were converted at that mission and on the praise service the following Monday night another four were added to Christ. I remember a special date when I was the minister in Port of Oge. It's easy to remember because it was the 9th of the 9th, 1990. And again, it was a time when God came down and our moderator, Dr. Paisley, was preaching on that occasion and sinners were swept into the kingdom of God's dear son. There was a real move in the church at that particular time. I think of other, what we call droppings of revival. And most of us have been there. We've experienced that. And even for our young people, it wasn't in this country, but back in 2019 when we went to Uganda and what the Lord was pleased to do then, something that perhaps we'll never experience in our lifetime again. So I'm bringing you up to date with some of these things. It's good to recount such times. It's good to call to mind what God has done in the past. Because in doing so, it kindles thoughts and desires in our hearts for the Lord to do the same again in our day. We see this happening in the great psalm of revival and restoration, the Psalm 85, probably written by David. There's a little bit of discussion over who actually wrote this psalm, but Spurgeon thinks David did, and Spurgeon's usually right. Anyhow, in Psalm 85, the opening verses, you remember the, the psalmist is looking back what God has done. Thou hast, and that's repeated again. Lord, thou hast been favorable unto thy land. Thou hast brought back the captivity of Jacob. Thou hast forgiven the iniquity of thy people. Thou hast covered all their sins, Selah. Thou hast 
taken away all thy wrath. Thou hast turned thyself from the fierceness of thine anger. And it's looking back to what God did, inspired the psalmist then to pray that the Lord would do the same again. And when you come to verse 6, you have that great cry for revival. Wilt thou not revive us again, that thy people may rejoice in thee? Lord, you did it in the past. You came down. This is what you wrought in times past. Lord, will you not come and do it again in our day and generation? We think of the Psalm 80. I've been reading through the Psalms recently, and I think of that repeated prayer. There's always a little bit more added to it, but... Basically, it's the same in Psalm 80, verse 3. Turn us again. And there's the thought there, Lord, you've done it in the past. Turn us again, O Lord, and cause thy face to shine, and we shall be saved. Verse 7. Turn us again, O Lord of hosts, and cause thy face to shine, and we shall be saved. And verse 19. Turn us again, O Lord God of hosts, cause thy face to shine, and we shall be saved. And you could take in verse 14 as well. Verse 14 is a cry from the heart. Return, we beseech thee, O God of hosts. Look down from heaven and behold and visit this vine. Let such cries rise from this prayer meeting tonight because it ought to be our cry. It ought to be the desire of our heart. Bring such petitions to the Lord for our mission. Lord, thou hast been favorable. Wilt thou not revive us again? Turn us again. Return, we beseech thee. Look down, behold, visit this vine. Let these cries arise from our hearts tonight in this prayer meeting room. Take these petitions home with you. And bring them often to the Lord over the next number of days. But let's come back to Acts chapter 2. This wonderful visitation of God in the coming of the promised Holy Spirit. Here is the fulfillment of the prophetic word. The words that the prophets foretold about. Like Isaiah and Joel and other prophets. Never forget what's happening here. As far as the gracious outpouring of the Spirit is concerned, it's for our day too. And we read that promise in verse 39. For the promise is unto you, to your children, to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. So what you read about here, in the coming down of God, in the move of the Holy Spirit, in the great conversion work of God, this promise of the Holy Ghost is for us too. So here's the things I want to highlight just as we come to seek the Lord in prayer. I want you to notice that here in Acts chapter 2, there was first of all powerful preaching. You can't read this chapter without noticing that that special unction of God in the preaching of the gospel. All the disciples, every last one of them, were filled with the Holy Spirit of God. All of them went out into the streets of the city of Jerusalem to preach the word. And everyone, the miracle of the tongues that were spoken about in those days, everyone heard in his own language. It was not some kind of gibberish that they were speaking. They were speaking actual languages. And we read about all 
the, the different people that had gathered for Pentecost that came to the city of Jerusalem in that time. And when the gospel was preached, they heard in their own particular language. Now Peter especially stands up in the midst of the others. And we have the record of this from verse 14 onwards as he explains what is happening, what God is doing. And then he goes on to to preach the gospel. The gist of his sermon is recorded for our learning and for our instruction. It was fearless preaching from a disciple who 53 days previously was afraid of a young damsel and denied the Lord, as you know, three times over. How do you get from denial to dauntless preaching? How do you get from declaring, I know not the man, to declaring this is the Christ, which he did in this sermon? How do you get from hiding in the crowd to heralding forth this Jesus as the only saviour and condemning your audience as the murderers of Jesus Christ. Well, my friends, something happened. Something had had taken place to change Peter. Now, I know that there was an immediate confession of his sin when, when he went out into the darkness of that night and the Bible says he wept bitterly when the Lord just turned and looked at him. I also know that there, there was the eyewitness of the sufferings of Christ as Peter followed at a distance, made his way to Calvary and watched Jesus die. You can't look at the cross. You can't view the sufferings of the dear Son of God without a deep impression being made in your heart. But there was something more, namely the outpouring and the infilling of the Holy Spirit of God. You remember what Christ promised these men at his ascension. Acts 1 verse 8. Ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you and ye shall be witnesses and it began in Jerusalem and this is where Peter is beginning in Jerusalem standing up in the midst of the others with the power of God now attending his preaching So Peter, as a changed man, he stands up in the midst of the thousands who had gathered. And with holy boldness and fearlessness, he declares that this Jesus of Nazareth is the one who has been put to death. We we see Peter preaching the crucifixion and the resurrection. And that's the heart of the gospel. Christ has died and Christ has risen again. And then he calls these Jews his murderers. You look there at the the end of verse 23 of chapter 2. And Peter says, Ye have taken, and by wicked hands have crucified and slain. And then he finishes his sermon with this piercing proclamation. Look at the end of verse 36. God hath made that same Jesus whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ. As he preaches the Lord and uplifts the Savior. He's the Lord. He's the Christ. He's the Messiah. He's the promised one of God. I want to know something of this powerful preaching 
at our gospel mission. I'm just a little man, I know that. I could never fill Nicholson's shoes. But God can take a little man, a weak earthen vessel, and in the hand of God he can fill that vessel with God the Holy Spirit, and that will make the difference. I can know this every night as the Spirit of God enables me to preach. Will you pray for your pastor? Will you pray for me as never before? Will you pray for the Spirit to come upon this preacher and set him on fire? And may this time come out to see me burden for God. It was powerful preaching. But secondly, there were multiple conversions. Isn't this what we're longing for? Isn't this the desire of our heart? Don't we, want, don't, don't we read with, with holy envy the accounts of revival in the past? What happened at Pentecost? What happened in, in 1859 here in Ulster? What happened in the, the 75 mission in Balamina? The 76th mission here in our own time? Well, look at what happened on the day of Pentecost. We come to verse 37. This is as soon as Peter has done the preaching. When they heard this, they were pricked in their heart. And they said to Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. But this promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized. And the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. And I want you to note Acts chapter 4 and verse 4. I've told you this before. But I'm telling it again tonight so that you can see the picture, the full picture here. Howbeit many of them which heard the word believed, and the number of the men was about 5,000. Some reckon that in the morning, as the preaching went forth to that great vast company of thousands of people that had gathered, 3,000 were saved, we're told that. Some reckon that what is happening here is the same day, only this time the evening of that day, and another 5,000 people are converted to Christ. And I want you to mark, put a line under it if you want to, what it says in chapter 2 and verse 47. At the end of the verse, the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved, or such as were being saved. Thousands of people converted on the day of Pentecost, but not just that day. Every day now, souls were being brought to know Christ as their Savior. Were not these marvelous days in the midst of uncertainty, in the midst of human fear, in the midst of certain persecution that would now come, Thousands of conversions, souls added daily, an unmistakable work of the Spirit in conversion. I feel for the thousands of people who live in this town, in this district, who know not the Lord. And there are thousands. I think of the 
the 12,000 invitations that went out. And we all know that we had to postpone the mission and we're trying by whatever means we can just to make it known again the mission is starting on the Lord's Day. But I think of all those invitations that went out. Are we not desirous to see our families and our friends converted to Christ? I'm sure we are. And I pray for such a time to come. I pray that there will be nothing in our hearts and lives that would prevent the Spirit of God moving. Oswald J. Smith wrote many, many books in revival. The Work of the Spirit. And one of the books that he wrote is entitled The Revival That We Need. I commend it to you if you can get a copy of it. Don't think you can buy it new now, but you can pick it up second hand. You read it, your heart will be stirred. But there is a section in that book where he deals with hindrances to revival. And then he throws out the challenge. And I haven't time tonight to go down those questions. Many years ago, I can remember reading them to you. But just really the challenge is, are you right with God? Are you right with one another? There's nothing in your heart that would prevent the Lord moving. There's no bitterness there. There's no unforgiving spirit there. There's no quarrel between you and some other dear child of God there that would prevent the Lord working. But you have shown you've got a forgiving heart and also that you're living right. You're living a holy life. It is so important at this time. Let us pray for multiple conversions. And then there are great encouragements here. I'll just list them. We, we have them listed for you. You can read them here for yourself. But there was a steadfast continuance in verse 42. It's a lovely verse to read about any Christian. And it was certainly said of these early New Testament Pentecost converts. They continued steadfastly. And it's the only way to go on with God. To go on steadfastly. And then it mentions the four things that they continued steadfastly in. The Apostles' Doctrine, Fellowship, Breaking of Bread, and Prayers. So important. A great encouragement to see the new converts going on with God. And then there was a godly fear in the community. Verse 43, fear came upon every soul. As God was moving and the people were witnessing what was happening and all these conversions taking place and the great changes that were happening in their lives. A great fear came into that community. And there were mighty works for many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. There was also a blessed unity. Read the next few verses, a couple of verses. All that believed were together. They had all things common, sold their possessions and goods, parted them to every man as every man had need. Let's read verse 46 as well. And they continuing daily with one accord in the temple breaking bread house to house, that eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. You can't read words like together and one accord. And that word singleness, without saying that there was a tremendous unity among the people of God. God will not move where there is a divided church, where people are set against each other. God will only move where there is unity among his dear people. So we ought to mark that. But this was a great encouragement to the apostles in these days. 
And then there was a heart of worship. We're told how they praise God there in verse 46 continually. They were in the temple, verse 47, praising God. And then they had favor with the people. That same verse goes on to declare that. And it's good to have favor with the people. I want favor with the people at this time. That'll be a great blessing and encouragement. When we go out and we invite people in and they come in, we have favor, we have persuasion with them. And then there were daily conversions, as we mentioned, the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. These were great encouragements, brethren and sisters, and I trust that we'll experience something similar. But I want to, to go back almost to the beginning. And I want to think, just as we conclude, about the fervent supplications. This is where we must begin. This was the secret of their success. Christians gathered together publicly for prayer. They did not miss the seasons of supplication. Their seats were not empty. They were not found wanting when it came to the prayer times. And for this, you need to go back to chapter 1 and mark with me, please, verses 13 and 14. When they were come in, they went up into an upper room where abode both Peter and James and John, Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus and Simon Zelotus, and Judas the brother of James. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary the mother of Jesus and with his brethren. They were all there. Where? In the place of prayer. The leadership of the church, these apostles, the women, they were there too. Thank God for the women at the prayer meetings and his brethren. 120 of them all together met in this place to pray. You want to mark that carefully. You don't want to miss what's happening here. The prayer times continued, as we know, for 10 days. They prayed undoubtedly for the Holy Spirit to come. Wasn't that what the Lord commanded them to do at the ascension? In chapter 1 and verse 4, as they were assembled together, as he was assembled together with them, he commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. And you will know that corresponds with the end part of Luke's Gospel, Luke 24 and verse 49, where Jesus says, I send the promise of my Father upon you. The promise of the Father was the Holy Spirit. But tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endured with power from on high. And here is the key to wait and to tarry. Remember Jesus said during his ministry, if ye then being evil know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask? And these disciples at the ascension when Jesus was taken up from them into heaven, they went back to Jerusalem in obedience to Christ to do what he asked them to do, to tarry and to wait for the promise of the Father. If we are to have powerful preaching, 
if we are to have multiple conversions, if we are to have something of those great encouragements, well then here is the secret to it all. Fervent supplications. I have been in churches where where few people were gathered together to pray. And I'll tell you this, little was done. And little is happening in those churches. Where there's just a few people in the congregation who even take time to pray. But where I've been, where the church has been excited to pray, and the people came flooding to the prayer meetings, there is where the blessing came, and where the power of God fell. I say to your brethren and sisters tonight, don't be absent from the prayer meetings of the church. Whether it's a Thursday night, if you can get to the Sunday morning one, or the one at 6.30 on a Sunday night, and then every evening at the gospel mission, where possible, Let's be in the place of prayer because it's there that God answers and sends the Holy Spirit. May these thoughts register with you tonight and be a means of blessing. We sing together 172, the hymn, Lord, send the old time power. And that's what we're looking for. Lord, as of old, at Pentecost, thou didst thy power display with cleansing, purifying flame, descend on us today. Lord send the old time power. Remember the sick of the congregation, please, before the Lord in prayer and the needs for Ukraine. We've been remembering these 
different needs before the Lord privately and also in our church meetings. This pallet is being shipped this week and it should be in Romania within the next number of the next two weeks I think it is. And I want to thank you for those who have given gifts to supply the shoe boxes. This will go down to Moldovanoa. Um, Lorena was in touch with us and she would also like to bring some to a little place called Rekash. We have been there before. Uh, there's a children's home there and a school. And uh, the poor children, all they got last year for Christmas was what we sent them in that shoebox. So uh, if we're able to do that, I'm trying to get a number from her. It would be a great encouragement to those children. We remember Pastor Florine and Christy. He's the... Uh, one of the deacons from Timishwara Church, they went, and I'm not too sure if I get the pronunciation of these names, but you folks from Ukraine will be able to help me. Was there any? No? A refugee camp near the city of Ishmael? You're familiar with these? Tanya? No? So they, they brought food. And this has been a joint effort with the Bethany Church and Mission Link International. And they, they visited these places. I, I think that's a cooker they've brought so that food can be cooked for the many, many refugees and the supplies that have been, that have been given out. I want you to know that Noring is back safely. She got back safely to Emmanuel. And there was a lovely welcome for her. It's just something to behold and I'm going to let you see the way the way that children welcome you in Uganda in the whatsapp group of the mission board and I just said it was great to see this is how my church welcomed me every Sunday morning we are happy to see you now Just to mention, we, we did mention about accommodation being needed for some of our Ukrainian friends and Vika, Luba, Ilya and Emily, they have found a, a new home, a new temporary home and it's up above these garages here. They only needed a home, they've been with us of course, there's, there's still a couple with us, but um, they only needed a home for a short period of time. And as you know, it's very difficult to get any kind of rented accommodation. And you really can't get it for less than 12 months. These folks are intending to go back in the spring, probably around Easter time. And they, they needed accommodation just for five or six months, just to let them have their own wee place for a time. And we had tried 
And then a telephone call came on Tuesday, out of the blue, from a dear man. And Susan got the call to say, we have a two-bedroom apartment. And if you have any Ukrainians that you would like to come in here, we have it until the beginning of May. It's free. Uh, it's, it's, it can be used. And so, although it was a wee bit of out of the town, we thought we would go and look at it. We thought it was a lovely place and we brought Vicky out to see it and they're very, very happy. So they said, when can we move? And the folks said, whenever you like. So they said, we'll go tomorrow. And that was yesterday. All right, you get the days right. So this was them leaving, saying farewell and uh, moving on. So the Lord is good. And they had a, I think they had a good night's rest for their first night there. We come to our time of prayer. We say good night to those that are joining us on the internet. May the Lord be with you and may the Lord be with us as we seek him now at the throne of grace. Good night.